Jesus tells a parable of a king bouncing a man from the from a wedding. Why? What grievous act does he commit? What does it have to do with you and me? Pastor Nicole shares from Matthew chapter 22 this week. I'm Pastor Jason Barnett, and this is the Dirt Pastor Man Podcast. But they would not come. Again, he's 
Look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away. One to his farm, another to his business. While the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited are not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they had found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man who was not wearing a wedding robe. Then he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to his attendants, Bind him hand and foot, and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, just to remind you, in verse 1, it clarifies that this is a parable of Jesus. This is not a literal story. It is, it is uh, a parable. And does anybody remember what a parable is? Yes, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So in this parable, Jesus speaks about a man who is not wearing a wedding robe. Now with that fact, or with the fact that it is a parable in mind, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, the question we are going to ask today is, what are you wearing? But before we get to answering that question, I do feel like it's important to look at the earlier parts of, of the parable and explain it a little bit. So, there is an element of irony when Jesus is speaking, because he's speaking to Jewish people, people who are known to be God's chosen people. And he's talking about the fact that the father of the groom has invited all of these people, and he sent out his his servants to go and gather up the people who are invited. This is obviously the Jewish people, and they know this. But then Jesus throws them for a loop and tells them that the people who are invited didn't come. And not only did they come, but they made light of, of the servants coming and telling them that the wedding needs to be ready. Or they abused the servants, or they flat out killed the servants. These people were known to be God's chosen people. The Jews were known to be God's chosen people. And Jesus is telling them that they killed God's servants. Which is exactly true. Um, 
And we 
We all have a line that we think that God will not cross to reach somebody. But I'm here to tell you that the moment he died on that cross, every single line that we can draw was crossed. So stop trying to guard the doors of the kingdom of God and start inviting. Guess what? We're the servants now. We go out and we invite all whom we have found. Good and bad. So, all were invited. And the wedding hall was full. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of feet. Now, this might seem like a bit of an extreme reaction. I mean, after all, the invitation had just been extended to everyone, right? The invitation had just been extended to the good and the bad. So why was the king so set on this man wearing a wedding robe? I mean, he's dressed, right? Is it okay if he comes in just as he is? Stays just as he is? Well, the wedding robe is extremely significant. In that culture, in that time period, when somebody was invited to a wedding, they would receive from the groom's family a robe. And what this robe did is it equalized everyone. The poor and the poor people who were invited, the rich people who were invited, it equalized them because they were dressed in the same finery, and they were not—they were not um, having to celebrate with this with this um, the status symbol moving over them. They were clothed in the groom's father's wealth. There wasn't going to be people who were looking down on the poor who were invited and thinking, oh, you know, there. They just got invited for charity reasons. And there wasn't going to be poor people who were feeling intimidated by the wealthy. Instead, they were all able to celebrate and focus purely on the happiness of the wedding party. Because that was the, that's the focus of the wedding, right? You don't go to show off. You don't go to feel inferior. You go because you want to celebrate with the bride and the groom, right? That much is the same. Or at least, at least for me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe some of you do like some status. But when you're attending a wedding, it's not about you. It's about the bride and groom. So the robe takes away the status of each person and says, hey, for today, you're all equal because we're going to focus on the happy 
kindness of this couple right here. But the fact that the man had garbed himself in something other than the wedding robe, that was, a, that was an act of complete disrespect to the groom's family. He was either saying, you invited the wrong person and you just gotta accept me as I am, or he was saying, your wedding clothes aren't good enough for me, and I'm gonna show off my, my fancy clothes. Because if you notice, it doesn't say in the scriptures that he was in rats. It just says that he wasn't wearing the white robe. So it could either be that he was just like, you know, I got invited as I am, so I may as well just stay as I am. Or he was thinking, I did, I, I, I dressed myself today, and I'm proud of that. Regardless of what their clothing was, though, they refused to wear the garments that were given by the groom's father because they believed that their own attire, whether rags or riches, was good enough for the wedding. So, what does this mean for us? It's an earthly story, but it's got a heavenly meaning. And it's applicable to right now. So what does that mean for us? When we accepted the invitation, when we accepted the gift of God's grace and forgiveness, we not only gained forgiveness, we were also given proper attire. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 48, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Oh, that's a, that's a hard one to swallow, right? God made perfection, right? It's like here, right here. But we must understand that verse a little bit. Because we think of perfection as we think of you know, everything's perfect. There's nothing wrong. There's no mistakes. Nothing like that. But Jesus wasn't meaning perfection in this, in our sense of the word, in our understanding of the word. We are, after all, flawed people. We're prone to making mistakes. Anyone who says that you're perfect in the sense that you don't make any mistakes, I'm going to call God on. But when Jesus commanded us to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect, he was telling us that we need to be perfect reflections of our perfect Heavenly Father. That's slightly different. Think about God's character. Think about who God is. He's love, he's holy, he's truth, he's, he's just, he's kind, he's good. That's what God demands from us. That is the attire that we are supposed to put on. But far too many of us think to ourselves that this is good enough. 
am honest about who I am. As long as I'm transparent, as long as I'm open about the fact that I am a sinner. Oh, I can go out and drink a party and smoke all day and be like, yeah, that's okay, because as long as I am honest, I'm good. And that our, our pathetic excuse for holy 
Always have this nasty habit. Always be in here. So, you know, this is just the way I am. God, God will take me. God loves me. He's inviting me. You believe that you're good enough as long as you're just honest about who you are? Or are you dressed in self-righteousness? Thinking that righteousness is something that you can make yourself. Or dressed in counterfeit rooms. message was recorded live at the Greensburg Church of the Nazarene, located at 31 Bluebird Lane in Greensburg, Kentucky. Uh, to learn more about us or to let us know that you are listening, visit www.gbirdnaz.com. Special thanks to Buzzsprout for hosting this week's episode. If you want more from the Dirt Path, please like our Facebook page. <laughs>